coming to you from the City of Roses. This is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we have Amber Kwan coming on our podcast. She's with a company or her own business called Makeup Memories out of Maryland, and she is a sweetheart. She's someone that uh, just we got to know on Instagram and started posting us and reaching out to us, and we got to talk to her a little bit about her story, and I thought, you know what? It'd be great. This is one of the people that's been doing this for a long time. She's been in the industry for 11 years, has a lot of wisdom, a lot of experience, and someone that maybe you haven't heard of or been following. She's not, you know, got 10,000 trillion followers, but she is doing good work and someone that I thought would be great to bring on the podcast. So I know you're going to get a lot from that. But before we get into that, guys, we have our announcements. And as always, we are pushing LashCon. Yes, this is an exciting time of the year where everyone's kind of getting ready, getting anxious, getting excited about going. And then COVID hits, right? All of a sudden, another wave of COVID. So I understand there are definitely concerns. And I promise you guys, with LashCon, we will be taking all the safety protocols that are required by us. So if we need to do vaccinations, proof of vaccination, or proof that you got tested, that you're clean or whatever, you're not infected, we'll do that. We'll make sure that we're taking care of you guys. So do not worry. We are not looking to make this into some sort of super super spreader event or be irresponsible. We will do everything that the CDC or the local health officials say we must do. And right now, all we need to do is masking. And I'll be honest, we just did an episode on this, but I actually believe that the Delta variant is going to go down in the neck by September. So by the time November comes, unless something else pops up, we should be in the clear, and we may even not need masks come November. So we'll just wait and see, guys, but it's looking promising. So if you're a little scared, I get it. Don't worry. You can still get your ticket. And by the way, if you get your ticket and we have to go virtual for some reason, we'll refund you the difference for what the virtual ticket will be, which will probably be somewhere between 250 350 depending on what ticket you got. So you will not just be out a ticket, and we're going to throw in all our webinars that we're going to be doing next year. We have at least four in mind that we're going to do, maybe more, and you'll get those all free. So you'll get LashCon virtual, and you'll get all these free webinars that will help you with your business. So do not panic. Do not worry. You're in good hands. We're going to take care of you. So go ahead. If you've been waiting and holding out, get your tickets. Plus, the hotel just told me today they're almost out of rooms, so you need to go get your hotel room. The link's in our conference website. So if you go to the last conference, you can get the link there. Get your room tickets today. Otherwise, you may pay more or have to get a room at one of the other three hotels. And that's going to suck. You're not going to have to walk late at night after all the parties and all the fun. So go get your tickets today for LashCon and into the Lashies. I promise you guys, this is the best year. If you want to have a chance to win an award, um, this is going to take off. And we're going to end up, I'm sure, with hundreds, if not thousands of entries eventually. But for now, this first year... This is your chance. You can get in, be recognized for doing great work. If you're doing this, is all about business. The, the, the categories are overcoming story, the overcoming story, sharing how you overcame hardships last year, customer service, client retention referral, technology, and salon design. And there's a category for salon owners and a category for solo artists. So you just enter that. Fill out the paperwork, the links in the show notes, as well as our Instagram page. And you can sign up today and get entered into it. You'll need a little time, though. I admit that the questions aren't just like two answered, you know, yes, no answers. You need to write little essays and answer them. But that said, you can enter in and you can have a chance to win the Lashies at LashCon, be in front of all your peers, be recognized and celebrated. And you do not want to miss out. I believe this first year we may just have, you know, maybe there'll be a couple hundred entries, but 
in the future, I promise you, as this takes off, there'll be even more on that. And then it'll get harder to win, right? It'll be tough to win. And we are really excited to do this. Lash Base is our sponsor. God willing, if they're allowed out here from the UK, Jamie will be here to help present the awards. And it's going to be an absolute blast. Also, we still have a handful of day one tickets left. So if you want to get on and do the full four-day event, go buy the day one ticket, which is the only way you can get the VIP ticket still. So you want to do that. Also, we have our last year retention and styling course in Vegas, September 18th through the 19th. We have a couple seats left. If you want to get in, go buy those tickets today. We will be also doing a class in October and December, most likely. So details on that to come soon. All right, guys, that's all I have for announcements. Now we're going to sit down with Amber Kwong and talk about really her life experience, everything from talking about working as a solo artist, being a manager at a salon. She also has moved her way into being a trainer for one of the large brands in our industry. She's going to share all her tips and all the things that she did to grow her business, and that will help you too. I know you'll get a lot and you'll really enjoy it. Let's get to our interview. Hey everyone, welcome. We are here in the Lashcast Studios along with Tusney. Welcome to the show, Tus. Hey guys. And where we have a special guest, Amber Kwong. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so pumped to be here, guys. Yeah, we, we were are too. Uh, Amber has been one of these people that uh, we've been tracking for a while, and she long time listener. Yeah, and been basically. I told her earlier, her husband actually is one of the people who said, "You know what? You need to get this girl on your podcast. She she's got a great amazing. story. She has a great story. Has had to overcome a lot to get where she's at. I'm so proud of her, and I think she'd be a great encouragement to your listeners. So." With that kind of a PR man behind you, I said I had to get her on the show. <laughs> Isn't that Shout sweet? Out to my hubby. Yeah. 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 You got to pay him a little bit now. Yeah. Sure working on right. your behalf. <laughs> our whole new career, just helping get the word out for you and get you out there on all the on the talk shows. But anyhow, it's very cool to have you on here. And uh, you've been doing lashing for at least a few weeks, right? I think. Yeah. <laughs> give weeks. or take a few, you know, a little yeah. bit something like that. Yeah. I'm coming into my 11th year this year. Right. Year, right. which is amazing to think and especially to see how lashes have progressed. It's yeah. pretty unbelievable. Yeah, Back when they used to have just the single pods mm-hmm. and not on the strips to easily pick up and when 0.25s were the way to go. And yes. I was like, no, don't use that. 0.15s and 0.10s. And yes. So yeah, I've been doing it for a long time and it's been, I absolutely love it. I could not have asked for a better career. It is amazing. Yeah. 11 years, that makes you an OG. Yeah, I she, mean, that's officially I, OG. we should, I should have a pin for everybody who's been in it as long as we have, right? Because it, <laughs> yeah. it takes a certain kind of tenacity to be able to do that. I mean, many people will, you know, stay five years and then maybe stay in the industry and move into something different. But if you're doing lashes and you're still doing them every day, most days, it's like you are a special breed of person. So yeah. kudos oh. to you. I think a lot of people don't realize this. We recently heard this where they're saying, hey, you know, if you've been doing lashes for more than five years or no one wants to do lashes for more than five years, like that's the max that you can do. And I just keep running into people who are like, no, I've been doing lashes for 10 years, 15 years. I mean, yeah, we were at a conference and we heard somebody say this and I was sitting at the table with Jill, who is the Lash owner Bomb, from yeah. Lash Bomb and she's been doing it, you know, for over a decade. And we looked at each other and we're like, 
that doesn't apply to us. You yeah. know, if yeah. you're at the table, you'd be in our club too, Amber. So. <laughs> yeah, I love it so much that I'm actually getting out of doing makeup, which was my first passion yeah. for getting in the industry to strictly do just lashes. There you go. So, well, I mean, you, you can definitely make it. Now, your name and the company is Makeup Memories, right? Or is there a, a dual yep, thing Yep, that's the name on? of my company. I made that back, gosh, 11 years ago when I decided to jump out and kind of go out on my own. Yeah. So I thought about changing it because I'm not really doing makeup anymore. And that was yeah. the big reason why I had it. Yeah. But so many people, most people know me for my name, but a lot of people also know for makeup memories, Amber Kwong. So I don't want to kind of lose that now that everybody's kind of known me for that for yeah. this long. Well, you forged a name for yourself. Yeah, it's it a brand. Something yeah. Now. It's yeah. a brand. Yeah. It's tough to Absolutely. change that. It is. So let's go all the way back to the beginning and hear how you, what got you into beauty and lashes? Because obviously you love it. You've been doing it for, like I said, for now, gosh, 11 years, which almost 11 years. That's a long time for our industry. So what was it that got that excitement and got you into it? So I first started with doing makeup. Like I said, I started when I was young for Christmas birthdays, I would ask for makeup kits. And actually when I was in middle school, I would start doing girls makeup for prom. So it kind of just started with that. And then when I graduated from high school, I knew I wanted to do makeup, but my parents were like, do you really want to be behind a counter the rest of your life? You know, it wasn't known as a career. Yeah. So I went to Salisbury university for a semester and I just wasn't doing anything I loved. And I was getting myself in trouble. And I was like, you know what? This isn't it for me. I want to go do makeup. So I left there and my parents, you know, fully were supportive. And at that time I didn't want to go to cosmetology school. I wasn't interested in skincare nails. It was just makeup. So I knew I would have to go to one of two places, California or New York. And I'm much more of a California girl than I am a New Yorker. Mm -hmm. So I moved out to California when I was 17 and I went to Westmore Academy of Cosmetic Arts. Ah. So I got to learn everything from beauty to special effects. And it was an amazing experience because it was all hands-on. Yeah. So I was out in California for four years doing makeup and I was wow. like, I've got it. I've hit it. This is what I want to be doing. I was working at Stan Winston Studios. I had really? made a name out there. Oh my yes. gosh. That's so cool. Yeah. Just a side note, I worked in the film industry too in Stan Winston Studios. We actually worked with them. This is probably before you. Back in like 2000, 2001, 2002, we had a couple wow. projects. I was there when they were doing War of the Worlds. That oh, was wow. one of the things oh that I was gosh, there Tom working Cruise. on. Right. Yes, okay, yeah. so for our listeners, Stan Winston is an amazing special effects house. They wow. were made famous in the early uh, late 70s. Alien, Alien and, and Predator. Yeah. And Predator. You know? yeah. Any monster you saw in the movie, very good chance, like practical monster, like hands-on yeah. monster. And won Oscars. If, it was, it was scary. It was Stan Winston. It was cute. It was the Muppets. Yeah. It was Jim Henson. That was your two... <laughs> Companies that were fighting for all the contracts for it. So cool. You were for Stan That's Winston. So That's really cool. Yes. That's like a bona fide. Yeah. It was a really cool experience. And I was young. So, you know, I was hungry for it. And I was like, wow, I've made it this far. I never thought I was going to come back to Maryland, my hometown. But unfortunately, I had a fire and I lost everything I owned in our apartment. And I didn't have runner's insurance. At that time, it wasn't really kind of a known thing that you had to have. Yeah. Um, I was actually working on a movie at the time and I was doing special effects. And so I had three prosthetic arms that I lost in the fire, each causing $1,800. And so they had already paid me for that. And I lost them. I mean, I lost my airbrush, everything. And so I called the producers and I was like, look, I had this fire. I lost the arms. And of course they were sorry, but they were like, we already gave you the money. We still have to shoot. Like you got to figure something out. So that night I remember calling favors of friends and, you know, going in the studio and everybody was there to help out as I'm crying, like my life, what just happened? 
So I finished out the movie and I was like, I just need to take a break. I was living in a hotel. I was like, this is too much. So I came back to Maryland and after giving myself a pity party for like a week, my parents were like, okay, you've got to do something. Like you, mm. you just can't let that be that. So I started working at a salon and I went in strictly as a front desk receptionist and they weren't even going to give me a chance as doing makeup yet because there's a hierarchy in yeah, salons. Yeah. You have to prove your way there. But it was a great experience even from the beginning, getting to work at the front desk really started in the beauty industry for me to start giving the best customer service. Mm. You know, that was great. For me to learn from that point. Mm -hmm. And then when the main makeup artist didn't show for a wedding one day, I was like, tag me in, let me show you what I can do. So I jumped on the opportunity to show what I was capable of doing. And then that solidified my position as a makeup artist there. Mm. And when I worked out in California, weddings, I didn't do weddings. I got to work in music videos, photo shoots. So bringing it back to Maryland, I had to learn what my niche was, where my market was, right? Yeah. So it was weddings. People come to Annapolis for the Naval Academy. They have the capital in DC. And so it really was a destination place. So once I was able to say, okay, this is my market here in Maryland, it's not movies and television. I was able to tap into that. So, and I instantly had a bigger resume than a lot of people did in my area, you know, from things I had gotten to work on. Yeah. I was the airbrush artist. So it brought a lot of bridal into the salon. And that was the first time that I'd heard about eyelash extensions. I had a bride ask me, do you do eyelash extensions? And so I just did clusters or strips for the wedding. So I was like, no, let me look into this and see so I can refer somebody to you. And when I looked into it, I was like, this is the next big beauty thing. I think that this would be great for me to learn how to do. So I started doing research. And at that point I was at the salon, I'd say probably three or four years, probably three years. So I already had a repertoire with a lot of the clients. So I went around and I spoke with the clients and I said, look, if I get certified to do lash extensions, would you let me do um, practice on you for a super discounted rate? That way I could get hands-on practice they mm -hmm. couldn't really get mad because it was a super yeah, discount rate. It yeah. wasn't good. And that's what I needed to do. So in the first day, I had 20 people willing to sign up. Wow. And I was just charging like $50 for a full set. Because again, that would start my client book as well. So I went home and I talked to my dad. And I found like at that time, there was really only like three companies that were doing lashes. So I found the company around me that was uh, certifying and we created a PowerPoint presentation for me to present to the bosses because I wanted them to go half in on the tuition. So I was prepared. I felt great. I went in with the three owners and I gave them my whole spiel. And so then they said, let me think about it. We'll bring you back in to tomorrow. And so when they brought me in, they were like, you know, Amber, we think that this sounds okay, but we don't think it'll be successful. So no, we're not going to put in for the money for it. No vision. <laughs> yeah. They, well, they had an esthetician that they said had tried some type of semi-permanent adhesive. They had trouble with storing the adhesive. They had trouble with retention. And they were like, we just don't think it's going to be successful. So no. Mm. And I was like, you know what? That's okay then, but I'm going to go get certified and I'm going to do it on my own then. Mm -hmm. So I still decided to get certified and I started taking people in my one bedroom apartment in my kitchen directly after. <laughs> So where the salon was, they had a bottom level and then I had an apartment on the second floor. So they had apartments upstairs for people. So I moved in up there and so I would work and manage and then I would go up and just start taking people. And that's how I started my clientele list. And then quickly, my husband was like, you know what, Amber, you've got to go all in. You have to give it a shot. And I was like, I just moved into this one bedroom apartment. What if I can't make ends meet? Like, I'm really nervous about it. And he was like, you'll never know if you don't try, which is so true. If you don't jump, then you won't know. I knew I could always go back to the salon, 
I could go work for another company if it didn't work, but I had to give myself a shot. So I jumped in at the end of, I had gotten certified November, 2010. And at December 31st was my last day at the salon to jump oh, all wow. in. And give Look at that. Yeah. That's Very being on moving. purpose. Wow. Yeah. And I think the big thing too, is like what you did. And I hear a lot of people kind of push back against this, but when you're learning, it's smart. You just discount and just get the bodies in the door, right? You, you just, just need, need the, practice. the practice and you need the ability to, to make mistakes. And, and so you had negotiated, this is a trial I'm learning. This is a discounted rate. So it gives you that freedom yeah. to be able to learn as you go. And then when you're done, you have perfected your skill and you have people that will line up and pay for it because they are so happy, right? And so what I did after those 20 clients, I had told them from the jump, after I do 20 of you, then my price increase is going to go up. And they were all well aware of that, even from starting out. So again, they were willing to let me make mistakes. They were wonderful. It was a lot of people that I'd already seen. And then the other benefit of me being at the salon before I left is I was able to lash a lot of the stylists there. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have a lash artist there. So when clients would come in, what we do is so visual. People see that. So they'll say, wow, you look more alert or awake or wow, your lashes look really beautiful. Well, hey, Amber's right upstairs. So it was a very easy transition for them to be able to refer. You know, we had anywhere from 12 to 16 hairstylists on the floor. And then we had three estheticians and to massage therapists. So having all of them not have anybody else to refer to, but me also helped me out, you know? It sounds like that you were successful. So was there any regret or acknowledgement from the owners to say, oh man, we really should have, we really should have taken you up on that? For sure. There was no bridges burned. I still talk to them. They own a different salon now. And they've now looked back and said, hey, it tickles us to see how successful you are. We wish we had done that. And, you know, it wasn't even long after I'd gotten certified because people were used to coming into the salon to see me. A couple of my clients would come in and say, oh, I'm here for an appointment with Amber. And they're like, oh, nope, she's upstairs. So they saw that I had clients coming. And I remember they called me one day and they said, hey, can we have a talk? And so I went down and talked with them. And they're like, so we're thinking, you know, do you maybe want to do lashes upstairs two days a week and come down here one day a week? And I was like, well, why would I need to do that now? I put in all the hard work. Thanks, but no thanks. I love you guys. But, and they tried, you know, I think they had a couple of hairstylists that came in to try and do lashes, but they just didn't really love it. And I feel like it's something you have to love to to really, again, go 11 years in. You've got to love what you do. Well, good for you. I'm so proud of you. Now for, Thank you. Now, for you, the working in the slime member, I, I believe now, maybe you could correct me, but you also were managing at some point in the slime. Yes. And that yep. kind of helped you decide when I go off and do my own thing, do I really want to hire people or not, or do I want to work for myself? And and you've told, at least when we were talking, you said, I decided at that point, I really just want to work for myself. <laughs> so yes. what was it that I- your experience that made you go, you know what? I don't want to have staff. I don't want to have a big salon. I'm happy just working me myself. So the biggest thing was it took me away from the talent. I had to really manage grown adult kind of drama between hairstylists. It wasn't even dealing with the client. You know, I had to learn how to deal with clients, which benefited me in my business by being a front desk manager and a manager overall. But I didn't like having to just deal with the behind drama of hairstylists not getting along. So I saw that that went on a lot more than what I kind of had hoped for. And so that kind of drew me away from it. And then also 
I hold myself to such a high standard of giving great customer service. I think customer service, whether, you know, that's what got people to come back to me when I was learning my craft, when I wasn't that great, but they liked me. They liked the service that I provided. So getting to give good customer service when other people wouldn't do that, it was very hard for me to be like, you know, because I just want to do it. I want to give the best and I want to show up every single day and provide like that when other people wouldn't, it was really hard. You can't force somebody to give good customer service, unfortunately. So, So, well, I just want to pause for that and just go for a deeper dive on that because I think there's some nuggets that I want to pull out of your brain so that you can share with our audience because you said something really important and I think it's right on. It's that customer service. It's the reason why they came back to you and they wanted to see you and they were happy with you. So can you share a few things that made you unique that you know that your clients valued and sought you out for that separated you from other people? Yeah. I genuinely care. I love my clients. I have made such a repertoire with them. You know, I have, they've gotten to see me have children and get married and I've gotten to be there for some of the biggest parts of their lives, good and bad. And so we made that relationship and I really invested in them and they invested in me. So having that dual relationship, I think was really huge. And I think that's something that sets me aside. Even I'm going to jump with COVID with being shut when everybody lost their eyelashes, right? No, Nobody had extensions. I was shut for four months. I know a lot less than you guys are. I'm sorry in California, <laughs> but, but everybody at that point, I was like, this is really going to show, have I put out enough to make people want to come back when it's starting from ground zero again? And when I was able to open up, it went back to almost 90% overnight because I made that relationship with these clients. So they wanted to come back. They missed me. You know, I missed them and we're therapists for a lot of them. You know, we get to really help them and make them feel the most beautiful them that they could possibly be. Like, I just love empowering women and making them feel good about themselves. And I get to do that with doing lashes. So I know that it's probably super easy and super intuitive for you just to be able to establish that rapport. Can you give something, can you walk us through some key points about what you do to establish that yeah, how caring? Do you make those connections? Like when you have a new person in your books and you're like, how do I get them to understand that I care about them? Can you walk us through some of the things that you do during that initial appointment to let them know that, that you're into those deep things? Yes. It actually even starts before they come into the room with me. It starts with my confirmation of even the beginning interaction that they have when they text me or call me about inquiring about the service. Right then and there, I'm finding out who is, did somebody uh, refer them to me? And then I can connect it even through that. Oh, Mary referred you to me. I've been doing her lashes and I got to do her wedding five years ago. I'm so happy to hear that she referred, you know, making even connections like that. And then even the confirmation appointment. I make it where I let them know exactly what to expect that I'm looking forward to having them come in. This is their time to relax. Mm. I make sure when they come in through my front door, because I have a home studio, that it's beautiful outside when they come in. When they come in through my steps and into my studio, I've got a nice playlist of music. It smells good. I take off their jacket and hang it up for them, or I give them a bottle of water. I show them where the bathroom is. And then I get them onto my table. And right away, you know, I've got lavender diffusing in my diffuser to go. So it's very relaxing. And I also even almost do like pressure points on their head to make them feel relaxed. Even before we start, I'll tell them, I'll be like, okay, take a breath. You're here. 
I'm happy you're here. I'll rest on their shoulders. And you can almost feel them like melting into your bed where they instantly feel more comfortable. And then I kind of feel, I, I feel the room, right? I feel if somebody says, oh, I'm exhausted. I've been working all day. I didn't get sleep. The baby was asleep. I'll say, you know what? I'm going to put some quiet music on and just let you relax. Lash naps are free with every service. So just take a breather and I'll let them. And then I can tell the clients that want to talk. And then I just kind of, I ask them questions about them. You know, I want to know and get to learn about them. And then in the beginning, especially, I write down keynotes in their appointment, the important things that they may have told me. So that way I can remember when they come back, I connect with them. Just like when I'm dealing with a doctor and they write and they go over my report before, and then they know, Hey, Amber, I remember you came in on this day. You were having this issue. It's the same thing when they came back. How was your son's wedding? I hope that it was wonderful. I saw a picture. Mm. It makes a difference making that client interaction. So do you make it a point before you have like a repeat customer that you go back through that file and take a look at it before they come in? Yes, absolutely. I actually always go back to my appointments. I see what kind of lash I even did, you know, so I write down what I did, especially if we're trying something new or something, you know, if they had any type of sensitivity or whatever it may be, I go back in that and then I read through my notes. So that way I'm prepared when they come in. And that also ties into back when I was being a manager at the salon, again, customer service, I would do time management. I'd be able to look at what the schedule was, who was coming in with who. So when they would walk in the door, it wasn't just high. It was Hi, Stacy. I'll let Cindy know you're here for your color and cut. Can I get you a water or a tea? Knowing their preference, you know, it makes a difference. So really just caring. That's wonderful. Those are wonderful tips. It's like, I'm actually encouraged. No, I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people, when they say, oh, I, I just have connection or my clients just really like me, like, well, okay, but there's got to be something more than just, I have a connection. There has to be actually things you're doing. You actually that have a system. That. So you've obviously yeah. worked this out. I will even put like, if they tell me when their birthday is, I mark it on my phone so I can text them and say, happy birthday. I hope you're having a great day. You know, little things like important things that they tell me, I make sure that I want them to know I heard them. I appreciate them. I recognize, or if, you know, I'm a small business, if somebody else has opened up their own small business, I'm going to support them. I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for them. So, you know, one of my clients opened up a dog grooming business. I took my dog to her. I put a shout out on Facebook. She's been there for me. I'm going to do the same for them. I'm investing just like they're investing. And I think it goes a far way. So let's talk about um, your choice to work from your home instead of having a storefront. Can you share about how that started? Yeah. So that was kind of just a natural progression because I was working at the salon and I had an apartment upstairs. So I always had a place from home where I worked from. And then when I was ready to move out of that apartment, I then moved into a two bedroom apartment and one bedroom was strictly for my lashes. And then when I decided to move to a bigger place, I was then able to have like the whole downstairs as my studio. And then when my husband and I were finally ready to buy a spot, we were looking because again, I wanted to have something separate because I do have children. So I wanted something that was completely separate from the house, like a spa-like atmosphere. So my clients come up my stairs and down and I've got a private bathroom for them. I have my lash studio. So it's just the two of us. And I had looked into possibly going into a storefront. Did I want to do that? But a lot of my clients actually loved coming to my home. They felt like it was a very personable experience. They didn't feel like they were just a number. So I even kind of checked with a bunch of clients, especially beginning out. I had let them know I've got a home studio. This is where you'll be coming. And I checked with people. How do you feel about coming into a home? Do you like that? And they're like, you always have been warm and welcoming. You know, you welcome me in through the door. It's not like I'm 
taking them into some deep, dark alley, you know, creepy mm-hmm. little place. Yeah. So it was just a natural progression, how it worked. And actually a lot of my clients say that they prefer to come in just with me. And then again, also being in my area in Maryland, um, I was one of really the first ones kind of here to get bigger into doing lashes. So there weren't any booth rentals for lash techs at that time. A lot of salons still didn't want to have a lash artist there. So it kind of also worked to my benefit just to be on my own. The way that you've described it and what you've drawn a picture for, for us, it actually sounds like there's a lot of accountability with it. The way that you've thought it out, even from the front making sure that like, you know, no toys on the lawn, you know, people coming up, it's, they're, they know what to expect and it meets their expectation. If you're telling me that your clients actually prefer that, it means that you're doing something. And you're also attracting the people you want. I mean, we know we have clients who would never go to someone's home. There are dangers implied with that for both you possibly, or for the client to go to some person's home and that would be literally questionable. And I know I've talked to the stylists who have gone, who've gone both sides. And they said, yeah, I face certain struggles in the home, but I've also faced struggles being in the business. So they both have pros and cons. And I think Absolutely. you attracted the people that really liked right your service. for you. And because you connected with people so well that they attracted more of their friends. So you built a community. I mean, how long for you getting started? Because I think this would be interesting to find out is how long did it take for you to get to where you were really busy? So I'd say it took me a year before I felt like I was getting better at doing lashes, but it wasn't until three years that I felt like, wow, I really have got a great client book. People pre-book their appointments in advance. You know, that first one to two years is really putting out grassroots, going out there, making connections, have, doing lashes and having other people do referrals for you by them being so happy. So it wasn't an instant thing. Absolutely not. But I had my weddings doing makeup on the side or with my primary and doing lashes on the side to begin with that really held me over. So I knew that was like my main gig. And then I would do lashes during the week and really just hustle from that part. And then word of mouth is crazy. Word of mouth is, I find, in my opinion, the best possible referral that you can get because it's tried and true. And these people are willing to vouch for you. And you see them. Again, we do such a visual. When somebody sees your lashes and they stop you to go talk to them, I mean, that's pretty cool. And they, they're they happy to give away my information and tell them about. Yeah. You also had the benefit of, of having that third party validation from the salon and they'd be like, they'd refer people. Oh yeah. I got to try Amber upstairs, you know? And they're like, you know, they told me to go upstairs and it's her home. Well, I'm going to do it because they're the professionals. And they said that. So you really maximized your opportunity and you followed up with good service and learning from mistakes and improving. And then you didn't expect it to happen overnight. You worked hard at it. And it, again, an overnight success that took three years, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like everyone says, yeah. I had another thing too with, because I see a lot of people in our industry are part-time. I believe, I might be wrong in this, I don't have any fat, uh, real hard, fast numbers on this, but I know that something like over 50% of our industry makes less than $20,000 a year. Wow. Most people, and this is from multiple studies or surveys I've seen put out by different companies over the years. And that means the majority of people in my mind, it's not because they're not busy. It's because I think they're part-time. I just don't think yeah, they're doing it as they're, this is not their, either one or two reasons. One, they have another full-time job that they don't want to turn away because they got insurance, they got other things, Absolutely. or they're a mom. Maybe they only want to work 15, 20 hours a week because they have kids they want to see in the afternoons, at night. So for you, though, it looks like you were working kind of splitting time between the salon and upstairs, and then you finally just said, you know what, I'm going to go all in. What was that? What got helped you get over that? Because I think there was probably a lot of fear there, right? A lot of concerns like, will I eat? 
Will I be able to pay my bills, right? So from the time I got trained, I mean, I was only at the salon for another six weeks before I decided to leave and jump all in. And again, I have to credit that to my husband. Mm -hmm. He has always been my biggest cheerleader. And he was like, Amber, you have to give yourself a try. I knew I had saved enough to give myself a solid year. And if it didn't work after a year, then I'd say, okay, you know, I got to put my pride aside. It didn't work. I tried my best, but I'm a super determined person. And if I put something out there and I know I'm going to jump in and really go all in, I'm going to give it my damnedest. I'm yeah. going to work my butt off and show people that I know, I know what I can do and give me a chance. And if I could, I knew if I could get them in my chair or if I could even just speak to them, I would be able to hook them. Like, I knew I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew I would just with them again, an instant gratification of lashes when they wake up and they feel beautiful. And let's face it, when we feel like we look good, we feel good. You feel good about yourself. So I had a lot of women just be able to feel great. And that's what started them coming back. I think one of the big things is for you is that savings, right? It's like you had savings, you had planned on this. So you know what? I'm not going to just learn lashes and then start a business without any sort of safety net. You did put at least a little something there to give you that time. And I think a lot of people really don't do that all the time. Sometimes they just learn something and they want to start their business and just get going. And so because of that, they don't have that safety net. They do have to pull back. They have to do other jobs. They have to do 20 different things. And that's going to be harder on you to build your business. And I think that's a smart way to go for a lot of people. It's like, yeah, man, if you can have six months, a year of money in the bank that makes your cost, like I don't have to make $10,000 a month. I can only make two or 3000 and I'm okay because I have money to pull out of. Yep. And there were, of course, like some learning curves from that. I first put too much money into marketing. I paid to have a website done and paid for a company to manage it. There was no reason. I didn't have anything to market out yet. So I was just (laughs) wasting money for that or different companies, you know, like when I was doing weddings also that tied into lashes, I had paid for my name to maybe be up a little bit higher with the knot. And I really didn't see any return from that. So I didn't feel like that was a really smart investment for it. So you can make beautiful websites just by using Wix on your own right now. Mm -hmm. So learning that maybe you don't have to go all in as far as paying for somebody to do a website. The bells and whistles. marketing yeah just putting in the grassroots first you know also makes a difference i think and having a little bit of that savings so i could go all in i didn't have to worry about leaving to go do a full-time job i really wanted to focus on doing the lashes and give it my hardest try yeah there's an episode of tabitha takes over i always think of when i hear stories like you're saying where people want the best and i didn't watch a lot of episodes of the show but there's one i know a lot by the way i know a lot of that show's fake so don't worry i'm not sitting there saying that was all 100 <laughs> percent reality television but one of the the salons here is actually in la they wanted the best they always wanted the best of everything so instead of just having a front desk that maybe cost you know 500 bucks they bought a front desk that was like five thousand bucks and then they bought counters for all the uh, hairstylists that were like instead of just something functional and looks pretty the shampoo bowls were like five thousand oh, each oh, yeah. more than that. they just <laughs> went so into debt so by the time she showed up on the show their monthly debt payment i think was more than their mortgage or their rent payment it was like they're paying a ton of money and it was just like they sunk their company in before they got started because they didn't realize that you got to build up over time and then over time you can upgrade and fix up things i mean i know that's how tusney did it we had a closet her cracker boxes she likes to refer to it in the old days and, <laughs> it was 80 you know, square feet yeah. it was so tiny yeah it was so tiny and 
And within the, you know, three... the floor was plywood, you yeah. know, and, and it was warped. <laughs> it was warped. Yeah. We just we painted had, it, you know, put a green. rug over it, you know, yeah. it just. It was, yeah, it was definitely like an artist type place. And here she was the last artist trying to do beauty services. So it was very unique. But anyhow, <laughs> that said, you know, the idea though is to start small, simple, and keep the costs as reasonable. And like you said, have a little savings and you can go places as long as you watch your budget. Yeah. Now, for you, what do you feel like? Because I'm sure some people are listening who are going, well, I want to either they are currently working in a salon or maybe they're working for themselves and thinking maybe they're not busy and they may want to go back in the salon. For you, what are the pros for working for yourself? And then what are some of the negatives? What are some of the things you know you miss? And maybe when you, because you have salon experience. So the pros of working for yourself is you get to obviously make your own schedule. You get to run it from the way you want it from the beginning to the end of exactly the service that I want to provide. Some of the cons, I don't have teammates to talk shop with. I miss being able to talk shop and say, hey, what do you think about that L curl or that wet lash look? Did you try that on anybody? So I don't get to have that. I do miss the camaraderie of having the sharpening um, other. Yeah, of, of that. But there was a lot of, again, pros with getting to just run it the way that you would want somebody to run if you went into a service for. Again, another con, if I'm sick, it's not like I can just push somebody to Alexa who has <laughs> got to open at 10 o'clock. You know, I have to then figure out where to do that. And I am a mom. I've got two girls. So things do can come up. So that is a con with that as well. Another pro is I get to pick which what products I carry in my studio, you know, what kind of lashes I want to provide or what kind of adhesive I want to carry. So there are pros and cons to both for sure. And working alone is not always for everybody. It works well for me because I'm so strict on myself with how I do customer service, but I do miss the camaraderie, but I get to get that with my lash students that I get to train. I get to have a camaraderie with them at least and get to talk shop and with other people now that are connecting with the web and Instagram getting to connect with you guys, you yeah. know? So it's fortunate with that. Yeah. And you should come to LashCon. You'll make lots of friends. I know. <laughs> I've, I've already there. been talking about that. My husband is even wants to go out there so we can make a little trip of it together. So awesome. much fun. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Bring him. That's very cool. Maybe he'll do lashes one day. <laughs> no, no. He can watch the kids yeah. while you're yeah. going. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. I know. He, he He's talked about it now. He's such a great support. I've done lashes on him. I've done makeup on him. I've practiced anything. You know, if I get nervous, he's my biggest hype man Love because it. I am all about intent and listening to motivational speeches and really starting your day out even like that. On you purpose. know, when I begin my day, when I start out and I'm doing my makeup in the morning or even before when I'm taking my dog for a walk. I right away, I'm giving grateful and thankfulness. You know, I'm really grateful. I feel extremely blessed. God has been so good to me and my family. And I thank him for my hands. I ask him for the words that my clients need to hear that day, that I am able to make them feel good and make them love their lashes and leave feeling better than they felt coming in. So I do all of these steps. I start with that. And then when I go do my makeup in the morning, I listen to a motivational speech and it can be anything that tells you, you know, to get out of your own head, because I do think that that's a big part of it in what we do. We're our own biggest critics. And I think 70% is mindset and 30% is the talent part. You really have to get out of your own head and say, you know what? 
I am going to do great today. I'm going to give her the best service I can. I'm going to do amazing lashes. I'm going to learn from this. And it starts my intent of a great day. And if I don't do those things, I don't feel prepared going into the day. It's funny. I'm very ritual with those things about, I even thank my room at night. I know that sounds crazy, but I thank my room for the space and for giving me great energy and for bringing the people into me. You know, I feel like the more I give gratefulness and thankfulness, the more that I receive. And so anytime I am in a negative mindset, I immediately stop myself and I start to say things that I'm thankful for. It doesn't even have to be anything specific. You can say for this air I'm breathing, for the sunshine feeling on my face, because you cannot be in a negative mindset when you are giving gratefulness and thankfulness. And so it'll directly bring me back and put me in the right mindset to what I need to do, especially with dealing with people. That's so practical. And it's so right on because it's that exercise of gratitude gets you out of what you are complaining about. Or entitlement too, right? And focuses on the blessings that we have in our life, even like to, to be thankful for the air that we're breathing and that the fact that our hands work or that we have a room to work in. What a wonderful discipline. I think we all could benefit from that. Yeah, I remember seeing a podcast where, I forgot the book, but I remember it was called Happiness or To Be Happy or something like that. And he talked about even smiling, just smiling, changes chemicals in your body, like your brain. Certain things fire when you smile and you just bring a different feeling. And it's artificial, of course, but it still is a, mind, it's a little thing. So it says, try smiling and getting angry and being angry. It's weird. It's like you just naturally, when you smile and look at yourself, there's a, a different feeling that overcomes you. And it's, yeah. you know, it's not, not, I'd say something that's foundational, but just finding yourself doing little things like that can help change your day and help you see things, I think, a little bit better. So yeah, that's cool. Yes. Yeah, so this, this is a pretty cool story. When my husband and I first bought the house that we're in now, and I, we didn't know any of the neighbors and I was taking clients. I was already definitely what four years into my lashing career. And I had a neighbor stop me outside and she said, can I ask you a personal question? I said, sure. And she was like, what is it that you do? Do you do makeup or do you do hair? And I said, I do makeup and lash extensions. Why is that? And she said, I've seen women come in when they first come in, they may be walking with their head a little bit lower, or they may be looking at their phone. She said, but when they come out, they walk with the confidence. And that was so impressive to me that she was able to read that, not knowing what I did, but to see these women come out and carry themselves higher. And that's what I love what I do. Again, we're in the business of making people feel good. And how many jobs do you you get to have with that? Being a telemarketer, nobody wants to pick up the phone (laughs) for that, going door to door, you know, all those things. We get to make people feel in their safe spot, to make them feel loved. We are giving everything to them when we're providing that service. We're never going into a service to say, I hope they open up and just kind of like it. You know, we want them to love it. We want them to feel good and see them look at themselves. What I find so interesting in doing makeup and lashes is it didn't matter who went in my chair. They always had something negative to say about themselves first. Mm -hmm. I've got a double chin. I've got Mm -hmm. acne. I've got really dark circles where I instantly saw something beautiful about every single person that sat in my chair. That was the first thing I saw was something beautiful. So to see... And I wish that people could see themselves through the way that we see them, you know, and be a little bit more kind to ourselves. So getting to remind them to do that as well, when people wake up and feel good about themselves, again, that's another thing that we lash artists can give to our clients, caring and just being kind. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Well, let's do one, cover one more area, and then I think we'll get wrapping this up a little bit. But one of the things I found interesting, which I didn't know until I was re- going back reading the notes again, is that you are a trainer for Bella Lash. 
right? Yes. Yeah. Which, shout out to Bella. Yeah, Woo-hoo, that was Bella. very cool. We, we, we love Bella, uh, both Zach and Haley over there. But that said, I want to know a little bit, because I'm sure a lot of people out there want to aspire to be trainers one day. They're like, oh, I'm doing lashes, but man, it would be so cool to be a trainer. But they, people don't know. Either you can start your own training or you can go work for a brand like Bella or Borboletta or Sugar Lash. And I know that it's hard to do it yourself. I mean, I know a lot of people have tried to do their own trainings and they're like, after a year, they're like, oh, I forget, I had like four students all year. And yeah, yeah. it's not that easy. Like they see people like Lana and Alona online, these, you know, trainers, yeah, and they yeah, got yeah. 10 students in every class. Like, how did they get 10 students yeah. in every class? You know? So for you, what was it that, uh, how did you get to be with Bella? Was it, did they come after you or did you go ask them? How did that all work out? So I actually got to grab their attention almost the same way I kind of grabbed your guys' attention on Instagram by making content, putting out there like, hey, I want you guys to see me. Like, I want to connect with you. And so I started tagging them. I started commenting on pictures that they would post for different things that I liked and started making them kind of know who I was just by even based off that. And then I think by commenting and letting them, tagging them in things and letting them know I'd be interested that was first what kind of drew their attention to me. And then they checked my workout on Instagram. So for Instagram, at least for for me, and I think a lot of lash artists, it is not necessarily what brings clients through my door. It's more of a broader reach to connect me with other lash stylists, companies, things like that. The clients that are coming through the door are referral and word of mouth, grassroots, you know? By the way, I just got to shout that out real loud because I think there's a lot of people selling online who don't run businesses. Don't, don't get it. Don't take clients anymore. And they're telling the world how you're going to build your business through Instagram. And I'm always like, that is not the right way to go if you're building a business. It's going to take you so long to get clients. The better way to do it is through referrals and connections and getting those people to become your fans and they'll Hands go out and bring on. them in. And then, like you said, Instagram's great though. Community connecting with lash For artists, broader brands and all that. So I just got to yeah. reemphasize and then that. And go and see the, uh, see the visual of the lashes, yeah. right? Like you can then go see that, but yes. So that's how I reached out to really Bella Lash and then grabbed their attention. And then they approached me and asked me if I would become an educator for them. And it was something I really wanted to do because I look at it as more as a mentorship. I didn't have anybody I could ask when I had issues, retention issues, humidity issues, issues with allergic reactions. That was a nightmare having to go through, you know, not having anybody to go talk to. So I had to go through a lot of learning lessons And I wanted to be the person that people could come and talk to me. I wanted to be able to help other people in my area. People are like, why do you want to do that? It's a saturated area. There's enough work for all of us. Community over competition. I cannot service everybody in Maryland. There's no possible way. Oh, come on. I I think you can. Come on. Dream bigger. (laughs) So I wanted to be able to help those people and be able to, when they have problems, say Amber, because everywhere they have a hard problem with, I've been there or, and I can learn from them just like they can learn from me. So I wanted to be able to help and being a part of Bella Lash team, not only does that then give me the camaraderie with other lash artists and educators and having Bella there, which has been wonderful. But then I also get to leave my mark and I get to help other students start their career. And that's really awesome to be able to do. Now, what's it like? Is it something where you just, they come to you and they send students to you or do you go to a location and they book the location for you and you use that place? It's definitely through us. So they come to my studio and I'll take them there. If it's a bigger class, then I will like rent out a studio spot to be 
to, to have more, but that's definitely on us as trainers to do. They do have a Bella Lash Academy website where people can put a zip code and find a trainer near them if they're looking through that. But honestly, the majority of my lash students have really also come from word of mouth around okay. our area. And because I am in with the beauty industry and the hair salon, if anybody starts talking about it, oh, you've got to go see Amber or in the makeup world, because that's kind of an easy transition. Makeup lashes kind of all go together. So they say, hey, I know somebody's looking to get trained with lashes. Amber, you should go see her. So it's really been more so word of mouth than them being able to funnel clients down. Got it. But I guess it also helps to create, I mean, you have two things going. You have your own personal brand that you've created and people recognize you in your area, but you also have a bigger brand they're associated with. So people probably go, oh, this is going to be a good training because it's not just Absolutely. some hole in the wall place where I've, I've been, I've interviewed hundreds of people in the years that when we were hiring and so many of those people would say, how was the training? And they'd be like, uh, yeah, I, they wouldn't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't want to say anything negative. Yeah. They're just like, eh, yeah, I'd rather just talk about the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why, again, I really wanted to dive into that. I give them my phone number. I suggest that they reach out to me when they're having problems. I check in with them. Mm -hmm. I ask them how they're doing. You know, I like to go into those things. So that way, I can help them because I've seen a lot of people start and just stop with it because they didn't have that help. Yeah. So I wanted to really be able to help other people because I'm passionate about this and it's a beautiful world and there's enough work for all of us. There's yeah. enough work. Absolutely. You don't have to be worried about somebody being yeah. your competition. No. no. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I appreciate so much you taking time today to hang out with us. Where can people find you online? So people can find me on Instagram at makeup memories underscore Amber Kwong. All right, cool. And if they're interested in training, do they have to go through Bella or can they just contact you? And You can contact me and also on my Instagram, I've got a link tree that will set you up to my website, my Facebook and Bella Lash classes that I've got scheduled up. So I would love to have everybody. All right, and if we're cool. ever in Maryland, I would love you to do my lashes. Yeah. So yes. I'd love to book an appointment with you. Yes. Yes. Your well, studio. I'll get you in anytime. I've been almost every state. I've never been never to Maryland. Been to Maryland. Never been but, yeah. I know. You can definitely come out when the weather is nice down in Annapolis by the water and just, you know, When's it's a good really time to beautiful. visit. Just curious. Spring? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Spring is beautiful. Fall's even beautiful. But yeah. I mean, it's really nice with the water down here. So you guys have to come visit. Yeah. I'll have to show you around. <laughs> cool. We'll hope to see you at LashCon yeah, in November. Yeah, hopefully see you at yeah. LashCon too. Yeah, you come out here in November when it's actually still pretty warm usually. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think at our last LashCon we two years ago. It was like late October and it was like, I think 90 degrees on the second day here. It was like crazy, but well, this has been a wonderful episode. Yeah. I'm so glad to have you, Amber. Thank you guys. It means a lot to me. Like I said, you guys know I'm big into intent and my vision board. And this was a big one for me to cross off this year. So I get to cross it off and add something new. So Woo! thank you guys for this opportunity and Absolutely. just for all the knowledge you guys share. You know, oh. I'm really appreciative of you guys because it was, you guys helped me a lot through my career. So Aww. you guys did my first really lash cast podcast that I ever listened to. And I'm out there and I always tell my students about you guys oh, and anybody who here. And obviously I tag you guys in everything too. Yeah. So, <laughs> thank you. Thank you but um, I'm super appreciative of you guys. So oh. thank you for sharing your guys' knowledge and for making the lash world a better place. Oh, Absolutely. thank you so much. It was good talking, Amber. Hey 
right, guys, that's a wrap. That's all we got for you. We are done and we are out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my last fan, Tusney, as well as our special guest, Amber, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. Bye.